inclusion is a choice we have to make every way it's very easy you know it's it's like an intention you have to be very intentional about in, being inclusive we try to do it um in you know in all the small ways every day um, and hopefully that will translate into creating that you know uh, soil where all type of flowers can thrive hi i'm katrina aldridge and i'm a partner in the employment team at CMS Scotland. In today's episode, I'm talking to another Aldridge, Dagmara Aldridge of Zumo. So Dagmara is Zumo's Chief People and Culture Officer, responsible for leading the company's progressive people function, which is shaped by the latest neuroscience and future of work trends. So today we're going to be discussing the importance of workplace culture alongside diversity and inclusion in the startup space. So welcome Dagmara. And I've got the inevitable kickoff question of just tell me about Zumo. Thanks, Katriona. And it's like super lovely to have a fellow Aldrich um, interviewing. This is the first. So Zumo, um, what do we do? So Zumo is a crypto wallet um, and crypto as a service platform. And we are on a mission to bring the benefits of blockchain and digital currencies to people and businesses everywhere. Um, we offer both um, custodial and non-custodial uh, consumer wallet and a plug and play um, crypto as a service platform for fintechs, banks and payment providers. And most recently, we're super excited. We launched um, Zoom Oxygen, which is um, we believe the world's first comprehensive solution for decarbonizing crypto for financial um, uh, institutions. Uh, we were established in 2017 um, in Edinburgh uh, by our two co-founders, Paul and Nick. We are now a um, team um, of 35 strong um, people, fully remote workforce distributed um, across multiple cities and countries. So it's exciting to hear about your growth there and, and the fact you've now got 35 uh, people on board. So I suppose that brings me on to your role at Zumo, Chief People and Culture Officer, which I think is a great title, by the way. Uh, so how did you come to that role? And basically, what does that involve? And what do you see as your overall mission? Sure. Yeah, so I actually joined as an employee number 12 back in um, August um, 2020. And I joined as a Chief Operating Officer at the time. Um, and my uh, sort of mission um, at the time was to establish company um, operations, but also to be custodian of um, um, our culture. And in um, having done that, um, I'm assuming pretty successfully, in March 2022, um, you know, we were we, we were going through um, a quite a significant growth, bringing new people, and it sort of felt right to have someone that um, focuses solely on the sort of people side and the, the you know the culture side because that was something that um, I think um, is pretty special at Zumo. Uh, and I was offered the opportunity to take um, the role of Chief uh, People and Culture Officer. Uh, I have no HR um, um, sort of background or experience, but that was intentional choice uh, because, um, you know, sometimes it can prohibit you, you know, having qualification and, and that can sort of make you thinking um, sort of smaller, so to speak. The only qualification I have is that I am very passionate about people um, and I have, through my career, I have um, led um, P 
people changes and uh, change initiatives. And I always have been uh, curious about behavioral change and how do you take people, you know, how do you galvanize people behind the vision and mission and, and ultimately deliver on those um, um, on those. And um, I also have qualified as a uh, leadership and uh, executive coach. So it felt like, you know, I was the right person for the job. So um, I've been doing that um, ever since. since. Um, and um, I've been loving it. Um, it definitely is something that fills my cup every day. Um, and, you know, one could say that it's quite unusual to have someone at this level solely responsible for people function at sort of that stage of, of um, growth. But I think we always recognized at Zumo that outside of our amazing um, you know, technology, people are our competitive advantage. And um, unless you find the people that want to be part of your journey, it's, um, it's really hard to succeed. I love to hear you talk about your passion for people. And uh, that's great. I think it's something I suppose uh, we, we have in an employment law team as well. And then you talk about, you know, galvanizing the people and people being your competitive advantage. So how do you actually go about building that culture within your workforce? Yeah. And um, well, it's it's an everyday job. So um, I think the important thing to remember is that, you know, culture is something that leaves uh, or lives even and and breathes and evolves um so it's important to recognize that and you know it happens um every day it doesn't just happen on the walls um you know or the the, the, the values that you put on your website so um how do i go about building that so firstly uh, when i recruit um I'm not just looking for someone to sort of neatly fit into our existing culture. I'm also looking for someone to um, add um, to that culture. So um, I often will ask about, you know, personal values that people um, have. And I'm not looking for them to sort of recycle our company values. I'm looking for adjacencies and I'm looking for some shared ground because I also want that person to bring something new to our culture and help us evolve it. Um, my favorite definition of culture is actually um, it's the worst behavior that you are willing to accept. And really, it is in behaviors that culture truly lives, not on the walls or on, you know, um, our company values written on the website. So we try very hard to um, reward and highlight those behaviors that directly, um, um, I guess, show um, our values, um, our company values. Um, we do things like we have um, our um, value champion nominations that everyone in a company or the colleagues do. And I think my favorite fact um, about it is that in 2022, we had over 150 nominations throughout the year, but every single colleague has been nominated at some point. And I think that's really truly shows that, you know, we all trying very hard to live those values. Uh, we also try to encourage colleagues to 
do an on-the-spot recognition. So, you know, we don't have to wait for those big, big events and those big things. So we've got a Slack channel called Gratitude and Praise. And we really encourage colleagues to do like an on the spot, like, you know, someone did something brilliant, someone has um, supported you and link those things into um, into our values. And also through um, role modeling, you know, it's really important that as leaders, we don't just talk about the culture, but actually, again, we role model it. So when we um, talk um, at Zoom about, um, you know, strength approach, then um, and how important um, you know that is. Then we all, we interview for strengths. So our interview brief is built around that, trying to understand what are the strengths of the candidates, and therefore we can deploy those strengths and what perhaps maybe they're you know somewhere where they um, they will need some support. So we can make sure that we can offer that support when we talk about the importance of um, mental health and well-being. Again and the flexibility we offer in terms of um, how we work at Zuma. Again, we, you know, as leaders, if I am doing a midday swim, I will post that midday swim. You know, if we go on holidays, we truly disconnect. Uh, we don't have our CEO sort of slacking us or messaging us. That person is offline. So that's sort of um, some of the ways we try to truly live those, um, those values and, and galvanize the culture. Sounds like a great place to work. And when we're talking about culture, I think diversity and inclusion is such an important part of that conversation. So is that something that you're sort of working on at Zumo and building into your processes? Yes, is the short answer. But I think, you know, we know, we all know that um, diversity and inclusion makes sense, not only from sort of human perspective, it makes business sense. There are, you know, copious studies that show that the more diverse a team, the better returns the company uh, delivers. But I think um, often what I see is that actually we look at diversity and inclusion maybe from the wrong side, where we focus so strongly on diversity and it often becomes a number play. You know, we sort of the focus like, oh, we must have this many females in the position of, you know, um, leadership or we must have a people with ethnic background. Um, but unless people feel the sense of belonging, they will leave. So for me, I think the focus is to start with inclusion. And often that in itself will sort of take care of diversity to a certain extent. Um, you know, uh, my um, a fellow fintech um, leader, um, Nadia Dashti, she's a huge DNI um, advocate and author of uh, Fintech Women um, Walk the Talk. She's done some amazing work in diversity and inclusion, particularly for um, you know um, uh, females. Um, she uses this beautiful metaphor, which actually um, sort of um, summarize this topic um, for me perfectly, which is you can plant the most beautiful flower in your garden, but unless the soil is right, it will die. So let's let's make sure that the environment that we are creating here um, is um, somewhere where people can feel authentic, where um, they feel safe and they can you know thrive. Uh, and I think that in itself goes um, quite far. So um, again, in our recruitment practices, we will focus on things like transferable skills, for example, or attitudes, 
over like industry experience because if you keep bringing the same type of people with the same type of thinking that um is not going to be um you know very diverse and it's about challenging myself and challenging my colleagues who might be who are doing the hiring you know when we're making hiring decisions it's like okay why are we bringing that person are we offering them the role because they um they similar to us or are we offering them the role because they bring something unique to the team um and also you know looking um at that person not just in the context of um them as an individual but as a team you know so in in your team are you bringing you know too similar and type of people or should we bring someone with a slightly different perspective um, or slightly different experience because you know we all know that um we have our brains are built for bias we like familiar we like the same so it's always about being vigilant and questioning um our choices um, and making sure that we make them for the right reasons and are you finding that then translates into having a diverse workforce well, um, kind of, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that um, that's it, we've done it, but I kind of, you know, um, what are, we have pretty diverse um, workforce at Zumo and, you know, there's still a ton of work we need to do, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, but like, just to give you, I guess, some stats. So our um, management team is 50-50 women versus men. Um, our leadership team, it's sort of, um, I think about 55-45, again, gender diversity. Uh, we definitely, um, um, you know, have got work to do when it comes to our board. Our board is not uh, as diverse as we would like to, but we are aware of it um, and, you know, constantly um, looking. But our, if I think of the diversity of thought and experiences, I think last time I counted, we've got like 13 nationalities uh, working for us. Um, um, so, so that is something that, you know, I think we do well. And I think in the way we design um, our, our culture and our environment, we try to encourage, as I say, um, you know, that diversity of thought, uh, of experiences and, and backgrounds to, to shine and, and feel like people belong. And I think um, one time when we spoke before, you mentioned about just even the use of language where, you you know, you don't necessarily say hi, guys, you say hi, all. And I like that as like a small example of something that you yeah, can do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like in inclusion is a choice we have to make every way. It's very easy. You know, it's it's like an intention. You have to be very intentional about in being inclusive. So we we try to do it um, in, you know, in all the small ways every day. Um, and hopefully that will translate into creating that, you know, uh, soil where all type of um, flowers can um, thrive. So absolutely right. You know, be really conscious about the language you, you use. Is it inclusive? Um, things like, you know, even engagement programs, you know, uh, well, um, it, it, it doesn't always have to be sort of, you know, physical activities and, you know, beers after work. Um, it can also be like one of my favorite things we do. So we have like a little team quiz we do. So every new joiner is invited to do a quiz on a topic of their choice. And we really encourage people to 
choose whatever they're passionate about, you know, so we can learn about their and where they come from and their background. So that's like one of the things we uh, we do. Um, we also like to, um, we've got something called um, a deal sessions. So, and that's drop everything and learn. And again, everyone is encouraged to be a speaker and bring a topic either that they feel they are expert in or they feel particularly uh, passionate about. Um, and, uh, you know, just share it because um you know it doesn't have to be to do with work it often is but it doesn't um you know in our policies again we're being intentional about that so we don't um you know often uh, holiday policies are um sort of designed that you get a number of days off plus um you know um bank holidays well we don't we give um people a number of days and if people want to work through Boxing Day because they don't celebrate the coming of Jesus, that's fine. You know, that sort of, um, again, the sort of small intentional choices we we are uh, making every day, food choices when we have um, events, you know, don't assume that everyone um, eats what you eat. So make sure that you cover for all those eventualities and employment contracts, right? So we have the hours that, you know, every employment contract has to have but we stipulate only core hours so we say between 10 and 3 we expect you to accommodate meetings and and so on and so forth but if you're a morning person or um if you've got children and you need to take them to school then you can do that in the morning and you can sort of work later in the evening you know as long as the job is done we we're trying to um offer flexibility not stipulate when uh the the, the work has to be done and, and i think that autonomy and flexibility goes in such a huge way to compensate for the fact that we don't have big salaries and um, that can compete with you know the the the, the sort of big um silicon valley type of tech um companies Thanks so much for sharing all those examples, because I think in this sort of space where there's no right or wrong, it's just really useful to hear what others are doing and, yeah. and learn from that. Um, and so is there anything else on your people agenda at the moment that um, you know, is taking up your focus? Yeah. So at, at the moment, as you know, as we grow and um, scale, we um, I'm working on looking at our again, our policies and, and our procedures to make sure that, you know, they are fit for purpose, particularly as we sort of grow into different territories and, and you know, outside of the UK. Um, and I think, you know, the, 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 the biggest problem, so to speak, that companies, growing companies face is, you know, consistency. Uh, that always becomes more difficult, but more so is around the fact that consistency often becomes a trap for unfairness. Because often people think that fair treatment equal same consistent treatment, regardless of circumstances. And that's um, something that I feel very passionate about, because in fact, consistency means treating people equally. Fairness means treating each employee appropriately and individually based on their circumstances and their contributions. And that's sometimes a hard sort of concept for um, for line managers to sort of, you know, um, get their heads around. And and really what you're trying to teach, you know, um, those line managers is how do you make good judgment? Right. And how do you um, develop um, a framework that helps you make that good judgment? Right. And, and I think. Um, 
this will probably resonate, you know, historically, the HR teams were there to, you would go and you would always get an answer, right? And I think that sort of, um, you know, creates an expectation that, you know, people come to me and I'm, I'm going to give them answer. And I always challenge them, say, well, what do you think is the right thing to do for the person and for the company? And, you know, sort of work through that approach. So, um, so you need to always be willing to question your decisions at all time in order to learn. And also you need to be prepared to make mistakes because inevitably sometimes we will make wrong um, call. But as long as you create an environment where that is permittable and you're willing to sort of put your hands up and go like, right, okay, that wasn't quite right, but what have we learned from it and how can we adapt it? I think that's, that's um, you know, that will keep you in a good um, uh, place. Be exciting to hear how that conversation develops within Zumo. Yes. Um, I think we are coming quite close to the, the end of our, our time, but as part of the CMS Equip Leaders Initiative, um, we're encouraging everyone to commit to one positive action, whether that's big or small one, to support un underrepresented founders this year. So my question is what positive action that you would take uh, this year to support the startup community in Edinburgh and beyond? Mm. So that's quite serendipitous actually, because I have, um, uh, just in the last week, I signed up to join um, uh, International Coaching Federation uh, in a 24-hour coachathon in uh, November, where I will be offering my coaching um, time for free uh, in order to uh, offer coaching 45 minutes coaching sessions to anyone in need of coaching. And the way it works is that um, companies and enterprises can um, purchase a, a single session or a block of sessions at a nominal price of £40, which is very cheap. But all of the proceeds um, go to Microloan Foundation, which is um, um, a charitable organization that supports uh, women facing poverty in sub-Saharan region with financial literacy and business training. Uh, and all, it also offers them small loans to build their own um, uh, businesses and ultimately become the entrepreneurs of the future. Oh, what a fabulous answer. Thank you so much. That's all right. So, that really brings us to the end. So thank you, Dagmara, so much for joining us today. Um, for our listeners, if you would like more information on Zumo, you can find it at zumo.tech. And if you want to hear more about CMS's startup programme, Equip, or the Lead Hers initiative, then please go to the startup section of cms.law. Mm -hmm.